The Athletic. Good morning and welcome to the briefing show from The Athletic. It's Tuesday the 11th of April. I'm Ian McIntosh and here is everything you need to know from the world of football. Today we're asking, with Bayern Munich in town tonight, are Manchester City hitting their stride at just the right time? There was a lot of bad vibes going on for various different reasons. It didn't really have everyone pulling in the right direction. And Guardiola was thinking, OK, well, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try this. And yeah, it's typical City at this point. And this should make a pretty decent episode of Welcome to Wrexham. And just what on earth is happening at Leicester City? It looks like they've got their man. It, uh, it's Dean Smith with uh, former manager and assistant manager Craig Shakespeare returning to the club. This is The Briefing Show from The Athletic. The Champions League is back. Manchester City take on Bayern Munich tonight in the first leg of their Champions League quarterfinal. It's a competition that City boss Pep Guardiola hasn't won since he lifted the trophy with Barcelona in 2011. But is this the year that he breaks his losing streak? You wouldn't have thought so back in February when City were losing to Spurs and dropping points to Nottingham Forest. But they are in their best form of the season right now. They've won eight games on the spin, scoring 31 times and conceding only three. And Bayern, for their part, still settling into life under new manager Thomas Tuchel. It's going to be an incredible game. Sam Lee, you're the Manchester City correspondent for The Athletic. What's happening here? Why is City so good right now? There's a few things. After the World Cup, um, they had a few different problems behind the scenes. I suppose the most notable one with was, was with João Cancelo, who left to go on loan to Bayern Munich and will we'll play tonight, most likely, or at some point anyway. He'd come back from the World Cup upset because he hadn't been playing for Portugal. He's not very happy when he when he doesn't play and that he was kind of transmitting those bad vibes to others in the team. And there was a lot of bad vibes going on for various different reasons. Um, you know, some was just injuries, some you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, players kicking off about. Um, it just it didn't really have everyone pulling in the right direction. Fitness was a big problem. Load of players didn't come back. They hadn't been playing particularly well. And Guardiola was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll try this. and Maybe I'll try this. And maybe I'll try this. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Sometimes it worked and, you know, the players played badly and uh, they didn't get they didn't get what they deserved. It's a combination of things. You know, football is a delicate ecosystem, but that's how they've got there to where they are now. And yeah, it's typical city at this point. Is there added pressure on Pep Guardiola because he couldn't win this trophy with Bayern Munich? He hasn't won it so far with Manchester City. Has it become a personal thing? He knows that people are going to call him a failure if he doesn't win it. And he's at peace with that. You know, earlier in his career, I think he wanted everyone to like him and appreciate what he did. And then he quickly grew up and realised that's not the case. There's also the element of if City were to win, you'd have people say, oh, well, it's only won in seven years or with that money, then they should have won more or it's the least they could do or oh, with Haaland, it was obvious or, you know, before they say you can only win it with Messi. Now they say maybe you can only win it with Messi or with Haaland, you know, somebody who scores 60 goals a season. So there's an element he feels of he can't win anyway. So in terms of pressure, just enjoy the occasion. What's the relationship like between Guardiola and Tuchel? Yeah, very good. They had that um, f- kind of semi-famous long late night chat in a in a bar in Germany years ago when when Pep was at Bayern and and Tuchel was coming through you know they were just sitting there exchanging tactical ideas um Tuchel's obviously 
always proposing new things. He's a brave coach generally, like Guardiola is, and will always try and, and do something different. Guardiola likes that challenge. He respects that challenge. The, the respect from Guardiola to Tuchel is, is apparent. It has been for a long time. And obviously, any manager, basically, surely any manager in the world, has got huge respect for Guardiola as well. And it goes all, all the way back to when Tuchel was coming through in Germany when Pep was there. And now they've gone their own separate ways. But Tuchel is undoubtedly one of the best around, and Guardiola recognises that. That's not the only Champions League tie tonight. Of course, Benfica. They host Inter in the other quarterfinal, and they're still stinging from a home defeat to rivals Porto at the weekend. What a club, though. If you want to hear more about their assembly line of talent, check out the Athletic Football podcast on March 7th. It's a real deep dive into the way they work the transfer market so well, year in and year out. Well, what must have been the biggest non-league game in history was probably one of the best non-league games in history. Notts County, brilliant and brave and progressive and wonderful, fought Wrexham every step of the way. It was blood and thunder. It was thud and blunder. It was everything you could ever want from a football match. And with injury time ticking away and Wrexham leading 3-2, Notts County won themselves a dramatic last gasp penalty and then former Manchester United and England goalkeeper Ben Foster saved it. Richard Sutcliffe is covering Wrexham for The Athletic, but he was so busy and so caught up in all the crazy that we just weren't able to get him on the line before our deadline. But here is what it all means. Notts County have 100 points, a goal difference of plus 69 and three games left to play. So the maximum they can get is an astonishing 109 points. But it might not be astonishing enough because this win gives Wrexham 103 points, a goal difference of plus 68. But they still have four games to play. So even if Notts County win all three of their remaining games, Wrexham can be promoted as champions with two wins and a draw. Now that would send Notts County into the playoffs where they have form. Unfortunately, it's really bad form because they've ended up in the playoffs these past three seasons and they have fallen short every single time. It's been an extraordinary season though, so don't bet against any further surprises and make sure you read all about them in The Athletic. Richard's piece today is pretty special. Hey, that wasn't the only big game of the day. There was a match in Spain too. Not nearly as exciting though. Still a bit of a surprise. Barcelona slipped up, drew nil-nil at home against Girona, but they are still 13 points clear at the top of La Liga. So, you know, no harm done. Well, it really wasn't a very good weekend for Leicester City. Their insipid performance and a 1-0 defeat to relegation rivals Bournemouth infuriated their supporters, but so too did events off the pitch. At one point on Saturday afternoon, multiple media outlets, including ourselves, were reporting with some confidence that former Leeds United boss Jesse Marsh was on the verge of being appointed as their new manager. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And now there are more developments. Leicester City correspondent for The Athletic, Rob Tanner. It looks like they've got their man. It, uh, it's Dean Smith with uh, former manager and assistant manager Craig Shakespeare returning to the club uh, for the last eight games of the season. It's an interim appointment, which is what they preferred to do from the outset and they've they've gone for Dean. So I knew that when they made the decision to remove Brendan Rodgers, there weren't going to be too many options for them. I mean, they've spoken to so many different candidates to gauge whether they'd be interested in coming in at this time, especially with the uncertainty around the club, what division they're going to be in and the job that, that 
it, naturally he's going to be ahead in terms of the the rebuild and the lack of funds and whether they're going to be in the Championship or the Premier League. So they've found somebody who's got the appetite for this. Um, he's got a record of keeping Aston Villa in the Premier League and obviously Craig Shakespeare's achievements at the club are, are there for everyone to see. So uh, that that's the duo they've gone for. So what happened with Jesse Marsh then? Well, they were exploring all options. The first option they wanted was uh, for the two caretakers, Mike Stahl and Adam Sadler, to um, to be able to see them through to the end of the season and keep them up. Um, they knew the players. They know the players inside out. Both of them know the club inside out. They've been there a long, long time. That clearly wasn't working after the Bournemouth game. So they, the second option, they were lining this up, was to try and get an interim in, but they were finding those firefighting type um, characters hard to find at the moment because there used to be loads of firefighters around waiting for the call at the end of a season when their side was facing relegation battle. So their options were being reduced, but Jesse Marsh did indicate that he would be willing to work in the championship as well. So they were in talks with uh, Jesse Marsh, but I don't think, from what I'm told, I don't think they were completely convinced. And then they saw, when the news broke uh, and they saw a bit of reaction from the fans as well, I don't think that really strengthened his case. And I'm, it all depends who you believe as well, because coming out of his camp is that he walked away from the negotiations. He either decided there was uh, issues over the planning for the, for life in the Championship or he looked at that performance against Bournemouth and thought, no, I'm not going to be able to do anything with that. It all depends who you believe. But I think in these cases, the truth tends to be in the middle somewhere, doesn't it? So they probably were lining him up just in case as an option. But in the background, Dean Smith became an option. They've explored that. They've preferred that option because if he can keep them up, they can go for Potter in the summer. Um, so that's where we're at, I think. The uh, the fans weren't massively enamoured with the idea of Jesse Marsh. How, how do you think they'll be about Dean Smith? Again, a little bit mixed. I think there's a lot that's saying, well, he's probably the best option we've got. It's an interim as well. So uh, if it does work and they do stay up, and, and it's by no means impossible to stay up. I mean, they're only two points from safety. They've got eight games to go. I know two of those are away at Man City and away at Newcastle, but they've still got winnable games if they can get themselves going again, as we'd seen earlier in the season in fits and starts. Um, so I think some fans, will, you know, they're, they're a bit unrealistic. They want Pochettino, you know, they want Pep Guardiola to leave Man City and come save Leicester. Uh, a lot of them wanted Rafa Benitez, but um, I think I think the more realistic must have known that when you make the decision so late in the season to change your manager, there's not going to be too many uh, takers for that sort of job, especially when you're in the bottom three and facing relegation. So, um, yeah, I think a lot still think it might be a good one for them, but we'll see. You're listening to The Briefing Show from The Athletic. It's a Champions League night tonight, of course, so you can find Man City against Bayern and Benfica against Inter on BT Sport in the UK and Paramount Plus in the US. There's also a number of women's internationals on tonight. Check out Germany versus Brazil on the German Football Association's YouTube channel or the USA against Ireland on HBO Max and Peacock. Or if you're in the UK, head to ITV4 for England against Australia. That's all from us. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you take advantage of our latest offer. If you go to theathletic.com forward slash TBS, you'll find it's $1.99 a month for your first year. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe. And if you've got the time, be sure to give us a review as well. I'm Ian McIntosh. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman. And The Briefing Show will be back tomorrow. The Athletic.